Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. We're back. It's December. Happy holidays. Happy Honda days. Merry Chrysler and happy Toyotathon if that's what you celebrate. Is Toyotathon still a thing? Toyotathon is a thing. I've seen a lot of commercials for it lately. Wow. I mean, Merry Chrysler and happy Honda days really... There's nothing left for Toyota. Like, they did their best for Toyotathon, but like, what are they going to do? You know? Does Chevy and Ford, do they have one? I'm a Chevy girl. Ford just rolls and goes, Ford built tough. Merry Chevmas. Yeah, no, I don't think it's a thing. (laughs) We're here. Uh, I'm Illegal86. I'm joined as ever by Nerd Bomber and Tactic. Hello. And uh, I was really sick last week. So that's why we weren't here. We're but so glad you're you alive hear, and you're back. He had to get up and get down with the sickness. I, ooh, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh, I did. I'm back now. I'm feeling much better. It was not COVID. Not that anyone asked, but it was not COVID. I thought it was COVID. It's one of those things where you test like three times, four times. Back now, feeling a lot better. So happy to be back to talk all things video game, television, etc. with you all today. The big one dropped. We actually had to change our plans like 45 minutes before we got on the air here. Because like 45 minutes before we got on the air, like an hour, sometime like that, the GTA 6 trailer dropped, which, you know, you could argue is one of the most awaited moments of the video gaming world for like the past like five plus years so it felt appropriate to pivot away from an original topic and go to that so we're going to talk about gta 6 we're also going to be talking about the fallout tv show which got its first trailer in the past week and of course we're going to be talking about the karate kid because i don't know why wouldn't we talk about the karate kid that seems like the kind of thing we would talk about right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's the holiday season it's dark i will say i'm just this is throwing this out there we're recording it's it's currently 8.36 p.m. as I record this. It's dark. The mail truck just pulled up to my house. I don't want to bl- put USPS on blast here, but that's a bit behind. Be kind to your mail carriers. Are you because- sure it's like the main mail carrier? Because I know this time of year they have like a secondary squad that goes out. Like you'll get your mail mail during your typical time, but then like any packages come later. Yeah, I think you're speaking Like they ignorance. have a package squad. You need to take that shade. Well, and put a light on. I will. The thing is, I would agree with you. Like what you said sounds perfectly reasonable. We've actually had a lot of run-ins with our. Ma- if my male person is listening to this podcast, first of all, that would be an incredible coincidence. Hi, but second of all, or woman, you gotta male you person. gotta step it up. They will. I've had this experience where they will. They have like packages will be left at like the distribution center or whatever, and we go to pick them up, and it's like they say why they couldn't deliver it and they it's literally like they just write like too hard like we ordered really? a bed frame once and they were like we couldn't get it to your front door and we were like why like we didn't know why they couldn't get it there they just didn't get it there we had to go pick it up which was kind of annoying see our uh, there's been a couple a other chance. things like that like i don't know her by name but i know her by like visual indicator and like we wave i'm friendly i say hey how's it going and i have never had that problem the only time that i've ever missed a package was when we got like alcohol shipped to us during covid and i don't remember where we were but we weren't around to like you have to present id and sign or they won't leave it oh but that's okay but that's, that's yeah that's not fault. on them like immaculate service on our end well i guess i'm moving to next door to you because yeah we've it'll be fun issues, it'll be a party Wee. yeah be kind to your, uh, joking aside be kind to your mail carriers your fedex people your us usps people your ups people this time of year it's insane out there we deliver everything now so it's they have a lot more to do than they used to probably mm-hmm. additional psa i am i'm playing against nerd bomber in fantasy football this week 
and I think our matchup is going to be decided while we're recording this podcast. It's very tight. Yeah. I don't feel good about it. I'm not going to be providing score updates because no one wants that, but just know that that's on my mind. If if it comes across that we're acting like bitter rivals towards each other, I can podcast, literally you'll, tell you'll you know why. I'm going to lose because Christian Kirk just got hurt. So congratulations. That's true. This is actually true. So congratulations in advance. There's RIP still time. my season. That seems a little bit strong, but uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah. When I said we're going to, yeah, there's going to be a bit of rivalry. What I more meant was like, we're both going to be like, oh, I lost repeatedly throughout this experience. Cause that's what I, I'm, I'm a very much an I lost guy before I've lost. It drives people close to me insane. I have a very pessimistic attitude, but not about today's, today's news topics. Let's get into some of the news here. Let's get into GTA six. So first things first, the thing that people probably most wanted to know we did get a vague release date of 2025 for this. So not next year, but the year after. They didn't say when in 2025. It could be like Christmas 2025. So it could be like basically two years away. But we got a trailer. And, and you know the thing I want to, I guess, highlight over the top of all of this is I'm not sure what people... Let, let's say you're a GTA, a massive GTA fan, which like I don't think any of the three of us are. What do they want to see? Because... I think most people who are GTA fans, in particular people who were fans of GTA 5, I don't know that there were specific changes to the game that they wanted. So like, you know, what we're seeing here is really, it looks like very good graphics, but otherwise a very, very similar experience. Like, I don't want to gloss over this and make it seem like they haven't made any changes or tweaked anything or maybe even added things. But I think the core experience of GTA is such that it doesn't need to change much. Like, I mean, do you guys think I'm wrong about that? Because the trailer did exactly what it needed to do, in my opinion, and it showed a lot of stuff, but it showed a lot of the stuff that I was basically expecting to see. Yeah, I would agree. I think basically they just needed a new story for people who are getting tired of the same old, same old in GTA five. And I think that's exactly what they're delivering. I think the graphics definitely got a, an overhaul to a degree. Like it looks better than what I've seen of GTA five. Yes. But outside of that, like, I feel like the formula really is the same. It's GTA is one of those, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. They've given us a new story, yes. a new set of characters, and then the same overall playground that the fan base has learned to love. Now, I, I you know, again, not knowing much, is this Vice City? They showed a big Vice thing at some point. It looks I know Vice City was a game Florida. that came out. <laughs> yeah, it's like Miami. It's like South Beach sort of situation. We're probably infuriating the GTA fan listeners, not knowing whether this is Vice City or not. There's a chance it is Vice City. There was like a big like Hollywood sign-esque Vice shown at one point in the trailer, which I assume means they're back in Vice City, but I don't know. I haven't read enough about it yet. Again, this is like an hour old at this point. But yeah, we, you know, we saw all of this and we did get a peek at what the new story is going to be. There's like a lot of like I don't know if it was like TikToks. They showed a lot of the clips in the form of like characters in the game, whether they're NPCs or actual play playable characters, providing like social media updates of what they were doing, most of which was like patently ridiculous or raunchy or whatever, which was a fun way to deliver a lot of the content. But yeah, I think we all agree that like the core experience does not really need to change, which does beg the question that people have been asking for many, many years now, which is why is it taking so long? Like, yeah, the graphical updates I'm sure are going to be really good probably going to be pretty pronounced considering how long it's been since gta 5 came out but should that take whatever 10 years the 10 years it's been now at this point i don't know if it's been 10 years but it's been a long time since gta 5 came out so it does beg that question i guess with all three of us i think being not really gta players is this a get in on the ground floor opportunity i guess it's not a ground floor but like is this a get into the get into the gta world opportunity for any of you guys 
Like I'm open to it. I will say that I've never played a single GTA game. I don't even think I've ever played any of them for more than five minutes. They do seem pretty darn fun, but I don't know. I, I have experience with similar games. I really liked the Crackdown games when those came out, but those had a little something else going on with them where there, you had supernatural abilities and this doesn't appear to be that at all, obviously. I I don't know... I don't know if I'm gonna if I'm gonna play it, but I think the door is certainly open for me. I don't know if you guys feel the same way about it, or if you guys are basically just seeing this go by you as a major event in our, for me, our podcast sphere. It, <laughs> or, and that's that's kind of where I live. I think I tried to get into Grand Theft Auto like a long time ago, like back on the PlayStation Two. And granted, my tastes have changed over the years, but it's just. It's a little bit too open-ended for me. So one of the things that I've noticed in my time playing any kind of game, like I get that it has a story, but even like when I start playing stuff like Minecraft, if I don't have clear objectives, if I don't have like specific side quests, I can't just have fun driving around goofing off. Like I, that's just not how I roll. So because it's such a big, like kind of like sandbox game, I just know I'm not going to be able to get into it. And the same thing kind of happened with Red Dead Redemption, which is another Rockstar game. People love it, but it was just too open for me. And I needed a little bit more of a, I don't want to call it like a guide, but I needed a little bit more of like breadcrumbs to follow than what I got. So for me, I don't think this is going to be something I'm going to bother with, but I appreciate that a lot of people have been waiting a really long time for this. It looks like an upgrade to some degree over GTA 5. And I'm sure a lot of people are going to be super excited. And I like knowing GTA 5 topped video game sales list for like, God, was it a decade or something crazy? I fully yeah. expect GTA 6 to do the same thing. Red Dead 2, I, I actually never played Red Dead 1, but I started Red Dead 2 at the behest of a friend. And it felt like work. Yes. Like, and I, I, I don't know that GTA would because GTA has a bit of a different vibe, but like Red Dead, I do understand the appeal of Red Dead, even having played it and not liked it. I get the appeal of it, but it feels like a very, very slow burn. You are wor- you are spending a long time working towards something. I don't know that GTA is that way, but I, you know that I share so, your opinion about like if it's too unguided, if you have an open world to do whatever you want in, like you see, you see clips of like people playing GTA and like part of it is also like the shock value of doing certain things of like i'm gonna go to the strip club because I, it's gta and i can go to the strip club in a video game but it's also like why are you going to the strip club in a video game like gta does have a very structured story and you can you can play it just to do that and then walk out and and be done but why but that's not like the main like well why people like it is, well, most is, people most people don't it's a raunchy sandbox and that right. that has its place you know for me that is what I enjoyed. I, I I always enjoyed getting the all guns code and then just like trying to max out my police stars and like just sometimes I do flying cars so that I can escape the cops because they couldn't fly as well in my cars. They just they would just take off because they didn't know how to regulate speed and it was great. And so for one of those so those people that don't really want to engage in the story, yeah, that option is always available, that sandbox option. But it does have a really good story. There's you build friendships along the way, people die that you that you're like, oh no, they were nice. Sandbox is the right word. But it, so it sounds like you have I I don't want to speak for you, Nerd Bomber, but it certainly sounds like you have more experience than me in these games. I mean Nerd Bomber's wholesome, wholesome mother bought me GTA five when it came out. <laughs> Is that, is that actually re- true i did Jeez. not realize yeah. what what it was <laughs> that's 
that's an amazing piece of online warriors war like war that we can put in like a trivia game at some point like how did Tecticate get Grand Theft Auto or like what game did Nerbomber's mom buy him? Grand Theft Auto, that's something. She like, I think she saw that who was in it. There was like a celebrity in Grand Theft Auto 5. I don't remember who it was, but she saw like there was a celebrity in it. She saw it had like a story and like you steal cars thought, and yeah, race she cars. Thought it was a racing yeah, she but thought it was like, like a more game. car oriented game. And like it is the name Auto is in the title. But it was not what she thought of. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know that it is that car oriented. I guess I, I wouldn't know. But like sandbox is a perfect word for it. And like sandbox games, again, like on Minecraft, you mentioned Minecraft before Nerd Bomber. That's another good example of like a game that I don't think I'll ever be able to enjoy or understand because it's like, all right, I'm playing this game. I'm doing the things Which is the game a shame, wants me to those do. Those games but... have their place. Like Ark is another game that's fantastic when you can get the community together to play with and like build something cool. Same with Minecraft. All of these games have their place. And, and that's why Grand Theft Auto was well received because there was that online community that built together. It's it's nice. Yeah, I, I do think like the, mo- the, yeah, like the modding community with Grand Theft Auto, like I see a lot of ridiculous Grand Theft Auto videos, some of which are really entertaining as a non-player i appreciate those and i'm sure gta 6 is going to provide no shortage of those kinds of things for for players to muck around with but yeah it, it looks graphically amazing i think it's going to hit all the notes it needs to i do think rockstar's pedigree is such that like this is certainly not going to disappoint nothing in the trailer suggested to me that like oh man this might be a step down from what people are expecting you know i think aside from that being said it's like back to speculation for the people who just want this game so desperately and they have they they now have a running clock of two years so they they know it's on the horizon and to some extent they know what sort of vibe to expect so like yeah i i think the trailer did exactly what it needed to do relatively short and sweet and showed you what you have to look forward to so again that's 2025 at some point gta 6 is coming yeah, out so rockstar fans rejoice let's move on to the fallout yep. tv show now I, I, i'll let you speak first nerd bomber before i just want to say one thing which is that i was very surprised by this my expectations were super low and i walked away from this unex- somewhat unexpectedly being like okay i'm going to watch this which i i have no connection to the games i have no expectations whatsoever you know but the trailer did everything it needed to do again i was very i was very pleased with this but i'll, I'll turn it over to you i think you're both of you have more fallout experience than me so i mean so they look like they're adapting at least in part not like a one-for-one story of like fallout 4 but it does seem to have like fallout 4 vibes at least fallout 3 and 4 i really like the the set pieces the costume design specifically it's very very in tune and closely linked to what you're going to see in the game and that was one of the things that I was worried about, like if they would depart too far. Like one of the things about, and I'm probably not doing a great job describing this, but Fallout, one of the the cool things about the world of Fallout is you have this very apocalyptic setting, but it also has a lot of tongue-in-cheek humor. And it seemed like in this trailer, they did a really good job of kind of blending the two. Like they show that it's a wasteland, but there's also like, there's a dude with one eye drinking moldy coffee and they're infusing the humor into kind of like the seriousness of the wasteland and kind of this main character setting off into the world. I don't know. This looks so good. It looks like everything I wanted in a Fallout TV show. I wonder if they're going to follow the plot lines of one of the games or if they're just going to kind of like wing it and make a new kind of story, new character, 
make a new vault so that they can continue it for more than one season. Some people didn't really love the story of Fallout 4. I thought it was great. So I wouldn't mind seeing a TV adaptation of that. But man, this just looks so good. The set pieces look great. I was excited to see not only the, you know, the radioactive critters and things like that, but also we saw a ghoul. You know, yes. if you don't remember, ghouls are yeah. know, people that are kind of affected by the radioactivity, but like maintain their humanity and like just kind of weird looking, which like absolutely really just dive into all the different facets and characters that we've learned to love. Well, yeah. So, so a couple things. So the story world is super rich. So like they're really afforded the opportunity to, like you said, Nerbomber, really do one or the other, follow a game storyline or chart their own course i personally think they're probably going to do the latter but i have really no direct information suggesting that speaking to the ghoul specifically i will say i think walton goggins is like a very inspired casting choice i was super excited to see him and i was super super excited to see michael emerson if you guys don't know who that is ben linus from lost is like the main thing you would probably know him from classes guy he's in the trailer for like three seconds but i was like oh i love him i think there's some great casting choices being made ella purnell from yellow jackets also appears to have maybe one of the lead roles it looks like they may be telling multiple stories at once here too i don't know if you guys got that vibe but i very much appreciated the level of gore not necessarily gratuitous but like definitely there well that definitely comes from one from the boys yeah the, and you know they shout out the boys specifically in the trailer they also shouted out from the studio that brought you two-day shipping which that's kind of funny and i annoyed me a little bit but like it's i guess they're being cheeky and funny and whatever but i was like i was like please don't remind me that amazon is running my entire life thanks but yeah no i i, I think the casting looked great i think the visuals looked great i'm very excited to see where this goes i do think the story is important like this trailer didn't really tell us much about what the story is basically just showed us hey look at all this stuff so I suspect, you know, this was the teaser trailer. I suspect down the line we'll get more of a story trailer that will tell us specifically, you know, it looks, I mean, at the beginning of this of the trailer, at least, it looks like this girl is leaving a vault, the vault, to do something specific, which I assume is what the game story is. I don't know. Again, I haven't played any of them. What she's setting out to do is obviously critically important. I'm also curious to see how the show is going to start, because at the end of the trailer, you see all the bombs dropping. Let me ask this question again, not having played the games. Do they say what happened that caused the nuclear whatever? So if I remember correctly, in Fallout 4, at least, because that's the last one that I played, so that's the most memorable. When you start the game and you're building your character, it's actually before, I want to say, before the nukes fall. And you kind of have this sense like you're with your family. I think, believe the TV is on. And this is all before the nukes fall. And then obviously there is some nuclear warfare. It's set in like the 50s or 60s. And especially like the soundtrack of both the game and the show reflects that. So it's kind of like that Cold War era. So it leads you to believe like the Cold War era led to lots of kabooms. The earth is now radioactive and people have just been living in vaults unless you're you know, a ghoul who became affected by the radiation. So then people start emerging after the world is slightly less radioactive. So it, they don't really tell you a whole lot of like exactly how it happened, but it seems like they'll show at least some part of the world imploding. They at least made the footage of it and they wouldn't waste it on just a trailer. Well, that that looked like part of like a backstory of of Walton Goggins because they, they showed him pre-ghoulified. Pre, Pre-ghoulified, yeah. It's... I'm curious if they're going to start the show off with that. No, I think it's going to be a flashback. I think you had it absolutely right, where it's going to cover cover several different characters. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot to look forward to. I'm 
the bar here is very high. Like we, we shouldn't gloss over that. Like, I mean, this is essentially coming off the heels of the last of us. I don't think there have been any video game TV shows since then. I may be missing one. God forgive me if I am. So the bar here is super, super high, but it, it looks like they may clear it. I don't know. It's hard for me to believe that considering how much I love the last of us season one, but I'm very interested. I think, you know, the trailer aside, I'm interested in watching a show based on a video game without having played the game. Cause obviously the last of us, I knew it back to front and it followed the mm-hmm. story very closely. So I had my expectations dialed in the whole way. This one, I'm much more of a free agent. So it's entirely possible that too, I shouldn't rule out that like, I'll watch this for a couple episodes and be like, okay, this That's isn't fun. for me. I'm actually really curious. Cause it'll be one of the first video game shows that will have two perspectives. Like Tactic and I have played Fallout games and you haven't. So we'll be able to look at the the show critically as we're watching it from like, you'll be able to call us out if we have any like inherent bias. If we're like, oh my God, this is so great. And it's just because we like the game. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And like you, like you guys, you guys did watch the Halo show, right? Which I don't even know oh if that's God, still going rough. on. They did. They're, apparently season two of that show is coming out, which I have no idea how that got greenlit because it was so bad. Yeah, so and it's maybe not again all... that might just be me being biased because I love Halo and it was just like not what I expected. Maybe people who never watched like played Halo watched it and were like, oh, this is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, again, kind of trying to look at this through the lens of The Last of Us, which was so successful. And granted, I don't know if the timing might not work out this way. Like the Fallout may have been very deep in production before The Last of Us was as acclaimed as it was. But like, if you are the Fallout TV show makers, you're looking at The Last of Us and saying, okay, we need to pick a story from a game and follow it and do right by it because that seems to have worked for the last of us people to me if if it were for me that's what i would do but it's not a guarantee that that's what happens here so yeah i'm interested in seeing how this plays out i don't know that we got we probably did get a release date for this i need to look up what it is because i don't it's sometime in april i believe april 12th 2024 also kyle mclaughlin is in this if you don't know who that is he's the twin peaks guy which is also a very, very interesting show. I don't know if you guys have ever watched that. So a lot of famous people in this, a lot of money behind it. I think this is going to be pretty good. Post-apocalyptic stuff always kind of gets me in a gets me in a good spot. So yeah, we'll see what happens with the follow-up TV show. I'm sure we're going to get many more trailers before the show actually drops. But I think the three of us, it sounds like we'll all be watching this. So I will be locked in. I do wonder, is this going to be one of those shows where they drop it all at once or are we going to be drip fed? I feel like Amazon drip feed. I think it'll be a drip feed. I know Rings of Power was a drip yeah. feed, um, which I honestly didn't mind that much, but we'll, we'll see. Also, before we move on, I also want to shout out to the fact that Todd Howard is so involved in this can only mean good things for it. Right? I mean, that kind of goes without saying, but Jonathan Nolan also has a lot of... It, it's, it's again, following the same formula as The Last of Us, where like Jonathan Nolan is the Craig, Craig Mazin, and then Todd Howard is the Neil Well, Druckmann. he did Westworld, right? Todd Howard, or sorry, Jonathan Nolan did do Westworld, yeah. Which feels very kind of, obviously, like, different. That's, I don't want to call it steampunk, but it was like a different era, but still kind of like the same tone. Similar tone, and like, he, I, I was more so saying that like, he just has, you know, he's worked on all the Chris Nolan movies, obviously, because they're brothers but like he co-wrote the prestige dark knight dark knight rises interstellar so like he has the chops i think is is the takeaway like seeing his name and seeing todd howard's name together gives me a lot of hope so again that's april 12th 2024 the follow-up tv show uh, get your hype pants on so that's two like really big hypey things we're gonna try to cool our boots a little bit after the break but we are gonna go to break now shout out another show or, or something in the break before we do that it's that time in the show where I 
thank our fantastic Patreon producer, Mr. Stephen Keller, for continuing to support the show. Stephen has supported us for quite a while now at the highest of our three levels of Patreon support, which is the knight level. Uh, he sits with us at our at our table and has a shield and a sword and a helmet thing with the visor. He rides a horse. He jousts. I don't know. He does whatever he wants to do. He's a knight. As a result of his night level subscribership, uh, he gets this producer shout out every episode. He gets input into the weekly game segment, the occasional guest spot on the show, and of course, access to the monthly secret segment and vlog. There's also a squire level of support on our Patreon, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog. The squire basically carries the night stuff, if I recall correctly. And there's also a page level of, of subscription, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment. Details on any and all of those levels of support can be found over at patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. I will note the secret segment for November was recorded without me. So for all I know, you guys just badmouthed me the whole time. Is that what it was? It, it was. Yeah, it was basically like a roast of illegal, except you weren't there. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So if you're interested in that content, I did go check it out. We're joking. We talked about our Spotify wrapped. Oh my God, Spotify wrapped happened. That's right. I'll have to ask you guys about that because, you know, mine was super boring, but you guys might have been a lot more interesting. In any case, yeah, thanks again to Steven. Uh, head over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. Check out the details on those levels of support and consider giving back to this show that hopefully you're enjoying. And uh, we'll be back after this to talk about the Karate Kid. I'm Madam Chris. And I'm Madam Amy. And we're the hosts of the Madam's Podcast, where it's all about movies, minus the mansplaining. Every week, we discuss a film that fits into a quirky theme for the month. And there's plenty of bonus content on our Patreon feed, too. So if you're looking for commentary that'll make you laugh and think, you found your new favorite show. New episodes of The Madams drop on Mondays, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at The Madams Pod, or on our website, themadamspod.com. The Karate Kid is uh, coming back. I mean, it's kind of already back because there's that show that you guys watched, Cobra Kai, I believe is what it's called, that I have I have not watched any of. But It's actually really good. I was not even a huge Karate Kid fan, and I thought it was pretty good. I was a big Ralph Macchio fan. And he sucked. It's very cheesy, corny, but like in the best way possible. Well, the news here is that, I believe this was last week, Ralph Macchio and Jackie Chan, who was in the like remake the one with uh yeah will yeah, smith, Jaden smith Jaden smith which i have not seen i don't know if you guys saw that one they are teaming up for the next karate kid movie and this is c- cool like I, to me that's that is probably the main part of the story is that there's going to be a new karate kid movie where they're both going to be in it because it's like combining generations of karate kid but i think the coolest part of this is they're like hey we want to find the new kid so like we're putting out an audition there's like an audition link like submit your tape here to be the next karate kid yeah it's not just pick some kid that's that is the best energy that is amazing that is the coolest yeah like you think how old do you think this kid has to be like do you think in their 30s no they have to be 15 to 7 years old so if you go to the link you over I went, head. Yeah, right Nerd Bomber up. was making a joke, and you were you were taking this very seriously. But go go on. It's not, you, had, you had good <laughs> this, information, so go on. This is serious, okay? All right. So if you go to the link, what it says is looking for an actor to portray Chinese or mixed race Chinese between 15 and 17 years old. He speaks fluent English, 
Conversational Mandarin is a strong plus. He's smart, scrappy, and a skilled martial artist. So wait. That's what they Here's the question. Well, first of all, Nerd Bomber, it sounds like you are disqualified. I'm sorry. For like six reasons. I knew I should have learned For like six reasons. There's an additional note. Any sort of martial arts, movement, gymnastics, and or dance experience is a strong plus. Well, yeah, uh, Does the worm count? I can do the worm. No, you can do the, do the worm? worm? I was going to say, that's... No, I'm lying. I, tried to, I can do the chicken dance. I tried to do the worm once and I like did a face plant. It was, there's a really funny video of it. Anyways... The operative question I was going to ask is like, do you need to have martial arts experience going in? It sounds like it is a quote unquote strong plus, but like strong the character plus. they described is like, he's a martial artist. And I'm like, oh, well, that's that. Is that a prerequisite? It sounds like it's not necessarily, but like, I don't know. It's it just even as someone who is obviously ineligible and we're all ineligible, like it's such a cool thing. Like I remember thinking back to when I was a kid, because it feels like they did it a lot more when I was a kid, like Harry Potter, Daniel Radcliffe was chosen in like a nationwide search and I believe Macaulay Culkin, same thing. He was like chosen in a nationwide search to be the Home Alone kid, Kevin McAllister. Like, I think they should do this for all for all things. Like, it feels like any time that there's a casting, you never hear about it. And like, if you try to find like the way to do it, like the Google, it's all these websites trying to basically scam you out of your money. <laughs> it's not like real. And so I think they should just do this with all movies. Of all ages, specifically the window of 30 to 35 is really what I'm fixated on. But like in general, I totally agree. Like I I just I think it's really fun to like to some extent when you hear like like and I like Tom Holland. I'm, I'm about to dunk on Tom Holland, but it's not because I don't like him. When you hear like Tom Holland has been cast as X person. It's like, OK, that, that makes sense because he's Tom Holland. It's not exciting is my point. It's not exciting. What's exciting is like, well, do you want they to know, just cast... I think I know why. Please. So back in the day, and this is going to make me sound old, but like I feel like in the 80s and 90s, there were more movie stars. And now it's like you got in an age bracket, you have the same three people going after the same roles over and over. Like you have people who do like one-offs, but they, they aren't necessarily like that star power. And I feel like we don't have that, this is going to sound stupid, but like the Disney Channel roster where there were like 20 kids who were in a bunch of stuff i think now it's just like three. yeah i don't know i don't know if there are more i don't know if there are less movie stars nowadays than there were but i do understand your point like and again not even just talking about child stars like anybody like it seems like people can't really come out of nowhere anymore or it, it happens a little bit less than it used to like i want th- that is that is the more exciting energy that hollywood can provide is like here's this person you've never seen before and he's amazing or she's amazing doing this thing, whether it's a kid or whether it's someone else. And like the other thing that I would love it if Hollywood would move away from, and now I'm going to sound like an old person and a crotchety person and a, and a jaded person. But like, can we chill with everyone in every movie being hot? What if we, what if we chilled with that? What if it was, that's why they need to cast. What if me? it was like, I'm just like well, average, jo- you know, your looks aside, like cast a regular dude and like, Cast a regular dude in something. Like, obviously, superhero movies, they have to look like superheroes. But, like, other stuff, maybe that's part of the problem. Is like, other movies that are not superhero movies or big franchise movies aren't being made anymore. But, like, when you look at, like, Tom Hanks and the career that he created by being not hot, like, I don't... True, he was just, like, an average dude. He was just an average dude. I don't think anyone would ever call him hot. I don't think he ever really was hot. But he's, like, one of the biggest movie stars ever. I'm not sure you could do that these days. Like, I, I... To be fair, though... Kids these days, and I'm going to say that. Kids these days. 
like there really is not one definition of hot anymore. Like there's no traditional hot. You have like all of your different that's that's true types, and they're very varied. Like let's be real. If you went back to the '90s, Timothy Shamalamala. Timothy Shalomalama. Sorry. He's not Thank hot. you. He's not hot. He's Sorry, Timothy Shalomay. But like, he would not have been 90s hot. Yeah, he was no bright. Um, I don't and know now, if I agree with that. I think Timothy Shalomay would have been 90s hot. I don't, like, he's... I think with... with not bro well, enough. But that's like, because of if branding. If you go back and that's look at... That's because of branding. He's playing to his audience. I think if he was playing to a I 90s think... audience, he'd be hot as heck. Shout out to Timothy. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Timothy Chalamet. You'd be super hot in the 90s. <laughs> this is like the most get off my lawn segment we've done. I mean, <laughs> I'm just I'm comparing him to like young Leonardo DiCaprio and growing. Oh, pants. come on. It's like the same. They're like the same. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think I disagree with you on that point. But like, the, yeah, the point is, I, I really think Tom Hanks is a really good example of like a not hot guy suddenly being famous. And like, I don't know if that happens anymore. Like, although he wasn't suddenly famous either, he was a child star. He was in Big. Well, he wasn't a child in Big, but yeah, it's. He, I think he did have like maybe a child star or something or other happened like way back in like the seventies or something. Oh, that's right. He wasn't the child he's, in Big. He's <laughs> like he, child yeah. So adult. in Big Nerdbauer, he plays the he plays the adult. You thought? Do you think he played the adult and the kid? <laughs> <laughs> i i don't know why i thought maybe it was really good casting i thought he was the kid i no. i haven't seen that movie it was like a little forever. italian kid yeah i haven't seen that little movie italian forever. kid who like is not at all famous incidentally <laughs> but no like it's, it's i think it's very adjacent to and now we're like way off topic but like i think it's very adjacent to the idea that like no woman in hollywood can be can play a role other than like a grandma when she gets over 40 years old by like a day it's like the same principle it's like hey what if we didn't do that what if we what if instead we like relaxed our general standards for beauty when watching movies and like appreciated people for for who they are and like yeah ca- like did a casting call and like didn't cast a very hollywood looking person in to be the next karate kid like i i, I think this is a great on-ramp for that sort of mentality i don't I'm not saying it'll catch on like wildfire and take off, but like I appreciate I mean, the sentiment. A good example of this, by the way, is the entire office cast. Yes, yes. Like every single one of those is is average looking. And I, but, but that's it's, it's funny because like that's that is a really good example because they wanted to set the tone for that show and get the environment right. And part of the way they did it was like we are going to literally cast normal people in these roles and like guess what that's like i do think part of the reason this show was so successful is because people that aren't it fit fit and like people become more relatable when they're not all chris hemsworth like it's that is another that is a very that's a really good point you just made like that's a huge deal and like i wish we would do it more so like again i hope that this i'm not saying they're gonna like oh we're gonna put out a casting call for like the next christopher nolan movie we want a guy but like It'd be cool if they did. I guess I guess that is the point I'm trying to make. But yeah, new Karate Kid movie. I'm interested in that. And as much as I did not see the Will Smith, uh, the Jaden Smith, Jackie Chan one, I'm interested in seeing what they do. I think I think the the general framework of the Karate Kid movies, which I assume all pretty much follow the same framework, it's got juice. I think it, to some extent you could consider it to be timeless. So I'm all for a mashup. My only question is, do bullies really happen? To the same cadence like i don't mm. think bullies today are the same as bullies that's a like, good point that's, back that's a good day. question and a good point that was even something i struggled with in the in the cobra kai movie it was all like now everyone's gonna do karate it's it's <laughs> like, like yeah it was very weird how do you turn that's another 
point too. Like, how, is Cobra Kai going to be canon? Like, how does that fit in? I don't. I yeah, that I certainly don't know because I didn't watch any of the show. I mean, I don't think you need to watch the show. Like, are they going to just like pretend that didn't happen? Because there's like a whole plot line there. Like, I I bet you it's going to be like so. Like Cobra Kai takes place in California. This is probably going to be. A, I can see it like Jackie Chan in the Bronx. But why is Daniel Larusso leaving his family and going to the Bronx? They like run in business trip. Like I think he's just like tertiary character. Yeah, it's like it's kind of, so. You remember how he went? He literally, I believe, he went to oh Japan. I want to say Okinawa yeah. in in Cobra Kai. Like just on a visit, rekindled with his old buddy from Karate Kid Four, and was like, "All right, let's go." And then that opened up a whole thing. So like he's traveled for buds. He'll do it again. Yeah, I mean it, it is. That's a that's a good point too. Is like we don't know what the what the scope of his role is. So like he might be in the movie for all the movie, or he might be in the movie for ten minutes. But yeah, my money's on New York. That's where it's going to take place. Well, yeah, because the old ones were L.A. Right, and obviously the Jackie Chan one was in China. New York seems like a very reasonable next destination. But yeah, obviously we don't have any details on this. I don't even know if we know when the movie's coming out. I mean, obviously they're looking for the kid, so like it's very early in the going. But if you have a kid or are a kid that fits the bill, check that website out. I think it's just KarateKidCasting.com, which is like not very creative, but it doesn't need to be. Pretty easy to find. Yeah. But don't get confused when your URL changes when you get there, because it, it, it will change. Tactic's been pouring over this website for days. It, it changes to Sony Pictures, that's why. So it's the, it's the you got it correct. Just be aware of that. It's time to move to the portion of the show we like to call What Are You Up To Wednesday? Because that's what it's called. What are you up to Wednesday? I'm going first this week because I've been chomping at the bit to discuss my, admittedly limited so far, experience with God of War yes. on PS4. Well, I'm, play, I'm playing yes. on the PS5, the PS4 game. Went to me by the one and only Nerd Bomber, you know, obviously trying to get me to play it. Mission successful. I'm not that far in. I will say I, I've... I have sunk probably three or four hours into it at this point. I'm really enjoying it. For the, for the main thing I want to say, the main there's two main points. One of which I'm sure Nerd Bomber knew and is why she gave me the game to play. First, the graphics. For being a PS4 game, it's like pretty out of control how good the graphics are. They're freaking stunning, it's right? It's like, it's, it's, I mean, it's like Uncharted 4 levels. It's like, it should be like one of the games, to me, like those two games are the best two games I've seen on the PS4. It's like not even close. I didn't think I would see a game that rivaled Uncharted 4. So that's definitely worth noting. I don't have a lot more to say about it other than that it looks amazing. Two, uh, Bear McCreary, man. The score of this game is unbelievable. I knew you'd it's like it. I feel like this is going to go on your, your Spotify rap Like year. very early on, too. I was like, oh, it's going to be like that. So that's been a nice surprise. I will say I don't... It, the nature of this game is such that it jumps... I mean, it's not... It's called God of War. It's not called God of War 2 or God of War whatever, but it's like... It, it's jumping me in right in the middle of who these characters are, I believe. So I'm kind of learning you're as I go. Of, you're kind of supposed to, even if you were familiar with the franchise prior to this game, which I was not. Like, yeah, that, I, you don't really know what's going on. So you're the okay. emotional beats and the story beats don't change. It's like he's hiding something from his son. His son's trying to figure out what it is very earnestly. Like it, that all that all still plays. So like it's fine. But like there are there have been a couple times playing. I'm like, I wish I knew more than i than i do but that's you know there are like in a way you are supposed to be learning with atreus right like there are things that you would not know even if you've played all the other games so if that makes you feel any better the gameplay it, it's it's and i think it's on the right side of it to be clear it's telling the line between too much rpg and 
the right amount of RPG. Like it's right, it's right on it for me. If they did, if they tossed one more thing on it, it would probably be a bridge too far, but they haven't. So it's like right dialed in in that sweet spot. I'm trying to think what RPG factors. It's just like unlocking skills, it's right? It's a bunch of weapon upgrades. It's a bunch of outfit upgrades, stuff like that. There's a lot of resource management. It seems like I haven't gotten too far into it yet because I'm not that far into the game. But the one thing I love about it too, and I love games that do this, it's definitely very much like it seems so far to be a linear experience, but within that linear experience it definitely rewards you for like, oh, I'm going to go see what's behind that cranny. I love looking in crannies in games. I'm a big cranny guy. And this game is like, if you go look in that cranny, you're going to like find something cool. And I, I'm very appreciative of that. I think I'm bad at the combat. Like I haven't done too much of it yet, but it feels like I, as I, every time I do it, I'm like, when I get further in the game, I'm going to die a lot because I'm bad at this. And also I have already died like probably four or five times and I haven't played that long. When you play, when you face one of those, like I faced two of these like big daddy troll guys every time mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck, I think both times I've faced those, I've faced two of those big daddy troll guys so far. I think both times I died twice and then I like figured it out, which is probably again, that's like They're- well dialed into like, I'm not getting frustrated, but I'm also like, man, you know, like I think it's a good level of difficulty, but I also feel like I just, I, I feel like I suck at it. So it's one of those things because I remember feeling I like I was bad when I first started and I was getting very frustrated. But it's something where like they almost force you to be frustrated in the beginning because then everything that you learn, like it forces you to learn and then you kind of put all your skills together by the end and then you feel like a badass. Yeah, it's like I guess what I'll say is and this is not a knock on the game, but like this to me, the standard for close uh, close quarters combat was set by the Arkham games and Spider-Man. And this game definitely does not take the crown from either of those two games of like the best close combat game that I've played. But it's also like, it's good. It's just not like that good. And it's also like, I think the learning curve is like, like you said, I think it's a little bit steeper. So I'm, I'm going to be working through that. But yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's really good. I, I did have like high expectations coming into it, everything I've heard about it, but it's beating them so far. I'm very excited for you because for me, like I think the early part of the game, I don't think I really got... Like, I enjoyed it, but I got really invested when the storytelling started really, like, getting fleshed out and you start uncovering the secrets that he's hiding from his son and, like, just learning new characters and stuff like that. That's where I really got engaged. Like, close combat action is not usually my cup of tea. And the fact that I was able to not care that that was a main major element of gameplay because the story was so good and the puzzles are so good was, like... Shut yeah it, it, it's a great sony's got it going on well, it's a really great like storytelling vehicle yeah i mean the very much like the last of us like the core of this game is you're watching a relationship between two people develop in this case it's a father and son and like the 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 meat of it is like they will have an interaction he will teach his son something or, or chide his son and then you will see the son turn away and you will see kratos like holding stuff back and you will visually see it and the, the, what he does and his body language and stuff. And it's like, it's happened a few times already. And it's great every time. It's the story's being delivered very well right now. So I'm, I'm very happy with it. I will be continuing. It's probably gonna take me a long time. I don't know how long the game is, but like, it feels like a very deep game that I've only just scratched the surface of. So like, you may not hear many video game updates from me for a while. And that's not because I'm not playing it. It's just because it's beefy. It's a beefy boy. It's beefy, but it doesn't over say it's welcome. Well, I'm enjoying it so far and I will be continuing to. I really think that's the 
the extent of my update. I don't really have much else to provide other than like it's Christmas time. So I'm like reading a Christmas Carol, which is like not very interesting, but I do it every year. Man, I'm just so excited for you playing this game. Control your excitement because you're going next. All right. So I've been doing a lot of reading. Uh, we traveled. We didn't get to give like a Thanksgiving update, but we, we traveled for Thanksgiving and I really didn't get a whole lot of time to play video games. Like I played Starfield a little bit more. I'm getting towards the end of that main mission, main storyline. Um, I don't necessarily want to say anything because I think where I'm at in Starfield is getting into like spoiler zone. And so I'm just going to say like, I think I'm at a point where I'm ready for it to be over. So I'm probably going to be finishing that up soon, but I've put a decent amount of time into the game. I think I'm probably over 50 hours. So I think I didn't do every side mission, but I think I'm going to like wrap it up shortly. But my biggest thing was reading and I finished The Secret History by Donna Tartt. So I know Illegal, you also read The Goldfinch. That was a book that I had actually read, I think last Thanksgiving on our drive. So this is a, a different tone, I think, than The Goldfinch, but also kind of the same. This one is more like dark academia. And there's a movie that I want to liken it to. It was a movie with like Paul Walker back in like the 90s. I can't remember the name of it, but like they were really into like studying Greek history and there's murder and deception and all this kind of crazy, like kind of almost like a cult vibe in this book. And it was very interesting. I don't I didn't like any of the characters. And I kind of found myself feeling the same way with the goldfinch. Like I was really engaged with the entire book, but I didn't like any of the characters for the most part. But there was something about it where I was just I couldn't put it down. So if you like the goldfinch, I think some people find that like if you like the goldfinch, you don't like the secret history as much. If you like the secret history a lot, you don't like the goldfinch as much. I liked them both about equally, I think. So yeah, if you like the goldfinch, I would say check it out at least. Yeah, I remember the goldfinch going on a little bit longer than it needed to. This was a little bit tighter of an experience. Yeah, I, I think the goldfinch was really good. To be like clear, the goldfinch was it's... like the goldfinch was like eight hundred pages, and this was closer to like five hundred. So a little bit more compressed and tight. Mm, good to know. I'm I'm I see that it's a murder mystery, so I'm immediately invested and intrigued so good to know i will say if you're thinking like a murder mystery like a agatha christie or like a Who no it, it's it is not it's that. an I've, but, I've run the term inverted detective story is what it's called the commission of the crime is shown or yeah. described at the beginning usually including the identity of the perpetrator the story then describes the detective's attempts to solve the mystery interesting i guess i'll leave that to the listener but it sounds like a good read yeah it was an interesting read for sure that that was pretty much it you know, just now getting into the Christmas spirit. T-Bone, it's over to you to finish us up here. So coming off Spider-Man, I have had a bit of analysis paralysis on what is going to be my next game. I know I dabbled in Metroid, but I was like, eh, I don't know. And so I found myself just kind of like looking to finishing up books that I've like been kind of putting off finishing so that I can start something new that's not a video game and potentially get more into reading as we've entered cozy season. And so the main thing that I wanted to talk about was that I've started reading, a, well, one, I finished the Murderbot Diaries, and two, I've started reading a book called The Mountain in the Sea, which is, it's, it was on the New York Times bestseller, and the, the cover art was like really like, almost like neon-y, so like, I don't want to sound like a child, but like pretty colors definitely drew me in. 
but the the premise of the book is kind of interesting. It's it's based on a hyper-intelligent, dangerous octopus species has been discovered and they've developed their own language and culture. And there's rumors that they're actually like murdering people. So it's like this sci-fi near future book that has this horror element, but also it's sort of a, a look into of conservationism and like being kind to your environment and your environment will be kind to you. This There's these overarching themes in this book that drew me in and and I found to be a very interesting premise. So I've started reading this, hopefully future updates to be had. And then the other thing that I want to talk about is we started watching a TV show or we binged a TV show called Lessons in Chemistry, which is also a, another fantastic show. It It's based on a book. It centers- One of a, my favorite books that I read last year, by the way. One of her favorite books that she read last year, by the way. It centers around a female lead character who, due to- obviously like sexist themes i don't want to plot things but because it's based back in like yeah. i want to say it's the 50s, 50s or 60s yeah. well, i think so yeah so like her career to get her phd got held back but then she was also smarter than everyone there but it would always be like oh you don't know what you're talking about kind of pushed aside because it was a boys club so it was her like struggles and and triumphs through this this time frame and it's just a really good feel good strong female movie and a uh, tv show and i recommend it cheers i don't want to undersell it but i don't want to spoil things either it was really good if you read the book and you liked the book it was a relatively faithful adaptation there were a few things that they tweaked but overall i think that brie larson did a really good job embodying the character and bringing her to life yeah if you if you like science i would say and like I know and the, it's smart and witty and funny. Yeah, the book was kind of marketed as like a romance. And like to a degree, yeah, there are like romantic elements. But I would say it's more just standard literary fiction. So if you think it's going to be like a rom-com type thing and you're not interested in that, like there are rom-com elements, but that's not all it is. It is a good show and a good book. Yeah. I think you'll see Illegal, if you watch this, I think you'll see why I found it so entertaining because it's that awkward humor that i enjoy so much and a lot of like fast dialogue which i know illegal you like from like stuff like west wing yeah and, i'm a sorkin any, like, guy sorkin guy like a lot of fast-paced dialogue and quippy dialogue yeah it's, it's the best comment i'm i'm mid on brie larson so that's that's a that's my main hesitation. i don't think you need to like i if you can put the, your preconceived notion aside and just not think of her as Brie Larson and just watch the show, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I'm not like anti necessarily, but I'm definitely not like pro. So I, I'm not saying it's going to stop me from watching the show. I'm just, I don't know, providing context of why I haven't yet, I guess. And the nice thing too is it's a tight one season show. Like they followed the source material, start, middle, end. That's it. Like they didn't draw it out. Like Love you that. can watch the entire series. It's one season. Hmm, good to know. Cool. Someone's hosting a quiz. I, I know it's not me. It's me. So as per our discord where we keep track of these things, I said I won bitches a couple she weeks did, ago. She so did call us uh, bitches. So Nerdbomber's 13 and 10. Tactic is 11 and 12. I'm 10 and 16. Steven, 3 and 1. Congrats to Steven. So I'm just kind of... So wait, illegal. Does this mean you like officially... Yeah, yeah he's done. done. I'm he officially need, toasted. He would need six wins to even come close. So I would recommend that since we're in the Christmas season, you just get a start on your punishment now. That might be wrong. If I lose... No. Yeah, no. no I'm done. definitely done. Uh, I'll consider it. I know what the punishment is. Tis the season. 
I'll, cons- I'll consider it. Has has the Patreons voted on this? They it's, no, we were going to force yeah, them to watch it. I don't, I don't think this is a voting situation. I think it's an I'm going to do it situation based on our last conversation about it. So the long story short at this point is I'm trying to basically just save face and be not as embarrassing. That's my quiz goal. And uh, let's see if I can do that. So this week's quiz is all about Bigfoot. And as per usual, I have five questions for you guys. I also have one tiebreaker in the bank. Don't make me use it. Where it's Price is Right style. You try to get as close to the numerical answer as you can without going over. And you get either one plus one, where you can like plus one the other person, or one opportunity to say the number one as your answer. With that, we'll get started. And Illegal will be our... No, he'll go second to give him an advantage coming off the draw. So British explorer David Thompson is often credited with the first discovery of Sasquatch footprints found just above the mouth of the Whirlpool River in what is now Alberta, Canada. In what year did he make note of his discovery? 1876. It's a very strong guess. We're definitely talking 18 hundos here. 18 hundos or 17 hundos? I'm going to go a little bit earlier. I'm going to go 17, 1776, the year of, of that America was founded. Smart tactic. He made note in his notebook of travels of Sasquatch footprints in 1811. So illegal gets the first point right out of the Boom, gate. baby. Now, I'm sure you're all aware of that famous first footage of Bigfoot walking through the woods of Northern California, and that was released by Roger Patterson and Robert Gimlin. In what year did they release that famous footage? Another year question. Well, they needed a camera. Let's start there. We're talking the camera wasn't very good. If you've seen the footage, the camera wasn't very good. We're talking it's like the same quality as like the Kennedy footage. So we're in the 60s. But actually, I think we're a little bit earlier. I think we're in, we're 1957. Tactic? It was earlier than that. This was, this was, this was when America was founded. The seven, <laughs> seven, I'm going to say 1700. Illegal is on a roll. Gosh. 1967. The way that you backed into that time frame, very smart. Yeah. Very smart. Thanks. Thanks, Kennedy. All right. Well, it looks like they were using the same camera <laughs> model. <this whole. laughs> Now, in 2013, PhD student Josh Stevens at Penn State compiled 92 years of data on Bigfoot, examining the different locations of alleged sightings, finding that most of them were in the western portion of the United States. How many sightings were included in his data set? 347. No, 456. That's too many. Uh, One. Tectic is this one, but you guys were not even close. 3,313 different sightings. Y'all did not see Bigfoot. Okay, you just saw a lump of fur and you thought it was Bigfoot. I mean, come on. Maybe they saw it. They don't know. That's why they recorded a sighting, just in case. Yeah, I, I might have blown it there, but we'll, we'll, time will tell. So I'm switching things up a little bit here. Missing Link is an animated movie about Bigfoot, starring the likes of Hugh Jackman, Zach Galifianakis, and Zoe Saldana. How much did it gross worldwide at the box office? This is not a real movie, so it can't have been very much. Although Hugh Jackman is a huge draw. This was not anything. Worldwide box office, you said? Worldwide. Mr. Worldwide. Link. 182 millis. 182 millis and $1. You both busted. $26,565,710. grossly embarrassing. Missing Link. More like missing box office. Am I right? Dollar sign. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're really funny. Uh, There's one question left, right? There is. Chasing Bigfoot, The Quest for Truth, is a docuseries about Bigfoot believers who dedicate their lives to finding evidence to prove he is real. What is the total runtime of this docuseries in minutes? It's a movie? It's a docuseries. Series. So like all of the series 
runtime smoosh together as if you were to watch them continuously? Yes. And I go first? You do, yeah. Yes. In minutes? <laughs> yes, sir. 100? No. <laughs> 347 minutes. Oh, man. That's, got, that's way too long. It better not be that much. I mean, this is a docu-series. It's, it's, it, I would hope it's like four episodes that are like 40 minutes each. You said 300 something? I'm, I'm going to say 180 minutes. You both busted. There were five episodes, 20 some minutes each, 120 okay, minutes. Okay, so I... That was going to be my first guess, but I was like, nah, that's too hundred. No. <laughs> okay, I'll take, I'll take the W. Illegal wins. Huge, huge for me. I moved to 11 and 16, Tactic to 11 and 13. Nerd Bomber's still at 13 and 10. Looking like Nerd Bomber's going to get the victory. I mean, there's still a few weeks left. But I think you could potentially tie it with me. I, I don't no, think that's... Po- it's literally not possible. Because I have to host next week. Yeah, right. Three weeks. Yeah, and I host next week. Uh, it would be close. If I fall from grace, it could be close. Uh, I, I wouldn't hold your breath. I'm, pre- I'm prepared to in- embrace my punishment. So I, I will do that potentially soon. In the meantime, we thank you all for joining us on this week's episode of the Online Warriors podcast. Happy to be back. If you like what you listen to, you can head over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review there. Leave us. Uh, you, they can like leave us reviews on Spotify, right? Too. That's also an option. They can do that. Well, they can leave ratings. I don't think you can leave like text reviews, but you can leave ratings. leave ratings for us on Spotify. Leave ratings wherever you want, really. Five stars. Uh, hit us up on Patreon, patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. Hit us up on Twitter, which we haven't shouted out this whole episode. We have at OW Leo86. That's me, at OW Tactic, at OW Nerd Bomber in our main show account, at online warriors one. You can hit me up and tell me. Uh, no one, you know, I was in an old episode and I told people to tell me what they thought about brunch and why I was wrong about brunch and no one said anything to me. So I guess that means... No, uh, the contrarians, I believe, said that they... Oh, they might have. You're right. I might have got... This was a long time ago. I might have got one comment. You might have been in your like fever haze. Yeah. Well, in any case, I was expecting a massive influx of comments of like, you're an idiot. And uh, I, don't, I don't know that I necessarily got that. So the Twitter users are disappointing me with their lack of hatred. So... I don't know. Come through, guys. Let me know why, what I'm wrong about or what I was wrong about in this episode. And in the meantime, we will see you all next week. Stay safe. Keep on podcasting.